I was addicted to the dark side Somewhere inside my childhood when this my heart died And even though we both came from the same places The money and the fame made us all change places Isn't it crazy that we've put out more podcasts than total number of Alien and Big Lebowski pinball machines that have shipped to date? We're on episode 208 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. Happy Friday, everybody. Got a great episode for all you guys out there. Uh, I interviewed a pinball fanatic over in the Chicago area, about an hour outside of Chicago. His name is Dave Falgren. Dave is going to join the show in a little bit and talk to us about pinball. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to Dave is he's played uh, a lot of the new games. Houdini, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars. He lives near this really great arcade, level 257, I think it's called, something like that. Um, so we're going to get his opinions about those new titles. Before we do that, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to go down some news items, then I'm going to read some of your emails, and then we're going to get into the interview. All right, how's that sound for a Friday podcast? We get right to it. Oh my. All right, so here's the first bit of news, and this is probably the biggest news of the year in pinball. I hope you're sitting down. Get ready. A lot of you are going to be emailing me to see pictures of this because it's done. It's completed after many months of hard work, of dedication, of passion. I finally have completed the Hilton hoodie that will be making its world debut at the Texas Pinball Festival down in Dallas, Texas, um, March like 15th and 16th and 17th and 18th, whatever the dates are. But the Hilton hoodie that we promised we would make and hand deliver to Hilton himself is completed. Now, here's the thing. I want to share it with you guys and so you can see how amazing it turned out. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com with the subject Hilton hoodie and I will email you back the images of the Hilton hoodie. Now, I'm also debating, and this is, you guys let me know, I might actually sell you guys the Hilton hoodie, and we can make a, a small run of them. You know, maybe we'll do some sort of, like, super limited edition of the Hilton hoodie where you guys have to submit videos of why you deserve to wear the Hilton hoodie. But when you see this thing, trust me, trust me, I think we captured the spirit and the story of Mr. Hilton so perfectly in a hooded sweatshirt. And what's great about it is when we give it to him, he can now wear more than one hoodie during a show. So I'm, I'm excited. I know you're excited to see it. And I wish we could put it up on Pinside. You know what's funny about Pinside is for as much back and forth as, as that site does in terms of members battling it out, if someone were to upload, here is the Hilton hoodie reveal on Pinside, how many seconds before the moderation team there would get their, their panties in a wad and delete that thread, right? Maybe like five seconds, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If anyone uploads the Hilton hoodie um, reveal on Pinside as a thread with images, if you do that for this podcast, I will send you a very special edition t-shirt of Canada's Pinball Podcast. That's going to be a one of one that'll probably be worth millions one day. All right. So that's news item number one. Um, news item number two, let's go down our list. American Pinball, uh, they have announced that the inner art decals for Houdini are now ready. 
they're $99 and you can either buy them if you already have a Houdini or you can order them from your distributor and you can also order them to be installed at the factory. Now, I don't know if you've seen these things, but they look really great. I love the inner art decals on Houdini. I think Houdini would look great um, both of those inner art decals, but also with mirror blades, which I still think are some of the best things you can put in a pinball machine. Um, but look, 99 bucks, not too bad to make that game look even better. And for $7,000, I think it's hard to deny that you get a lot. You get a lot in Houdini, right? There's no pro, there's no premium, there's no different variations. Everything is jammed into that game for $7,000. Um, the Magic Glass, which is their version of the PDI Glass, um, it's a little delayed and it's coming in at a little bit of a higher cost because uh, they are adding a sort of a coating to it that should make it easier to clean and less prone to scratching. So we look forward to seeing that. I think, look, I think PDI Glass is one of the greatest things you can put in a game. Uh, I think uh, inner art decals are, are great mods. I also think pin stadium lighting. You know, these are like the things that, these are the first things I do. I hate seeing those, the black inside of the cabinet there on, on a play field. I think it, that, that real estate always needs some art. I want to say a final point about Houdini, and you're going to hear more about it when we talk to Dave because he's played the game and I haven't. I want to say that uh, I'm really appreciative of Josh Kugler and all he's doing in the thread to talk to customers and to you know walk people through issues and to explain things and if someone has an issue with the code he's in there immediately uh, helping uh, and it's such great customer service and it's great transparency between the company and pinball enthusiasts because they know that the only people buying Houdini right now are the people that have been following the story of American pinball and a lot of those people are on pin side and Josh is doing a great job in, in, in being both the coder and the customer service uh, rep for the company. And I think that's great. I, I don't think we can say the same thing when we look at some of the other companies out there in terms of how engaged they are with the hobby, right? I mean, on the last podcast, I talked about how you've got Chicago Gaming asking people not even to post on Pinside. Like they're, they're avoiding going into the threads to talk about potential issues with the game where Josh is, is jumping headfirst and, and handling uh, any issues people have. And, and I, and I want to commend him on that. I've also been going back and forth with Josh via email on Oktoberfest. This has been like, like, I get it. I get it. Everyone keeps telling me, Chris, you don't get it. Like sexy women and beer and music, the pinball machine could be fun. And my response to that is, of course, it could be fun. But why take the risk to make something that could be fun when you could go get a theme that is immediately fun and also has an immediate audience built into it? And look, I'm not even saying like it has to be a movie or a TV show, but there are far greater storylines out there and themes out there that have much larger followings than Oktoberfest. That's all I'm saying. And I, I kind of feel like they were exploring... Um, the potential of making Oktoberfest. But I heard if they do make it, Ryan C. over at Head to Head Pinball, who also thinks it could be a fun theme, he's going to buy the first 10 people. He's going to buy their pins for them. So I hope Ryan holds true to that. Uh, you know, let's see what happens with Oktoberfest. I wouldn't build the damn thing. All right, what else is going on in pinball? So Stern, there is new Batman code that is out. Um, it is code 0.88. And nobody was really expecting it so soon. It's great. This game continues each code update to, to make the game better and better and better. 
Um, in this code update, the following major things have been implemented. You no longer can stack major villains in the game, which is a good thing. The game originally came with uh, major villains stacking off, and I love that they just removed it. Uh, now you can't do it. The reason why is there's so much other stuff to stack in the game. You can stack a villain with a minor villain, with the bat turn going on. Um, you know, with, with, uh, and then there's, there's like four to five things you can like stack at one time in that game that it's so silly to also have the major villains stack. So you don't need to. Um, and I want to say this about Batman because I heard, um, people over at another podcast, uh, Slam Tilt were sort of like making fun of me that I flip flopped on Batman 66. And I've been the first person to admit that uh, of course I ragged on Batman 66, as did everybody else. And I thought the game was a cash grab piece of shit when it first came out, and it was. There was nothing in it, the game wasn't there. Uh, they launched a game with, with, with not even like beta code, and it sat in people's homes for almost a year. And I want to read another thing I got, because I, I catch a lot of flack for, for owning a Batman and saying that I love the game. Um, I, on my SoundCloud, someone wrote in, this is from Cameron Van, he wrote, you have to stop s selling Batman 66. It still sucks, regardless of what you say. Every time I hear you say Batman 66 will be one of the most sought-after games, I chuckle. You also lose credibility. After dogging it for a long time and then you buy one and start praising it, there are a dozen of games with actor-singer callouts. None of them are unique or collectible because of it. T2 has Arnold's voice. Uh, Dirty Harry has Eastwood. Elvira has Scared Stiff. Metallica, Ghostbusters, etc., etc. Well, Cameron, like, look, I, I, the point I want to make here is this. I don't care if... People get mad that I am enjoying Batman 66. Like, I don't think pinball needs to be a hobby where, you know, the people who own the games are personally slammed for their decisions, okay? Now, the reason why I think Batman is going to be one of the most sought-after Sterns for a long time to come is because unlike all those other games you mentioned, the one thing Batman has going for it is Lyman Sheets. Now, I, I look, I used to be one of those people on the sidelines who would say, yeah, whatever, Lyman and The Walking Dead, Lyman and Metallica, it shouldn't come down to the coder to make a game great. It should come down to the world under glass. And, you know, I, I've done a little bit of a 180 in the sense that, like, you know, the Batman world under glass that is there, while it's not everything I would have loved it to have been, right, I think there are still elements in that game that, the crane doesn't make sense in the Batman universe. It's still an amazing mech, and it's implemented nicely into the game. Uh, but the game is colorful. The game is fun. The game has some of the best music and the best coding. And the it's one of the most fun pinball experiences I've had. And I think a lot of that comes down to the combination of Christopher Franchi's artwork, of Lyman Sheets' amazing coding, of the music, the call-outs. I mean, the game has so much personality. And look, maybe you haven't played a new version of the code. Maybe you just think the game is clunky and shoots like shit. There are a lot of shot issues with Batman 66. But I still think if you say, what are some of the best stern pinball experiences out there? I really do think Batman 66 is going to be near the top of that list. And when you add up like the fact that it's a theme that universally people love and it's Adam West's like, last project that he worked on before he died, 
and the callouts and the integration with the game are, are so seamless in Batman. Uh, I, I, look, and it's not just me saying this, man. Go tell me how many Metallica LEs, how many Ghostbuster LEs, how many Dirty Harrys, how many Scared Stiffs can you find for sale on eBay, on Pinside Marketplace? How many Batman LEs and SLEs do you see for sale? How many? Absolutely zero. All right. There's a reason for that. These things will be sought after simply because people will not part with the game. All right, moving on from Batman. I think it's a great game, but if you don't like it, I respect your decision, um, and I definitely flip-flopped on it. I don't know why people have to make fun of me. I think the world flip-flopped on it. The game is now great. There's no way around it. You can't avoid it. Um, Dutch Pinball. So there's a discussion in the Dutch Pinball thread about what will be better quality, the Chinese version of the game or the, the Dutch version made by ARA. I don't know. All right. I don't know. It is kind of sad to see that this thread now is people arguing about the quality of an unbuilt machine by China versus a machine built in the Netherlands. But I'll say this Dutch pinball's quality hasn't really been stellar. Like the machine at Sunshine Laundromat in Brooklyn has been broken forever. The game has had many issues. While some of you out there might have a game without issues, here's probably why. Because they've only shipped 40 to 50 of these things. Those 40 to 50 Big Lebowskis are in the hands of high-end collectors high-end collectors for the most part, who know they have a rare game that doesn't have any support right now, that they couldn't get replacement parts. So I highly doubt that the Big Lebowskis that are out there are getting played hundreds of times, okay? So the issues that might pop up might not pop up because the games aren't being played much. People are babying these games. The ones that I've seen on location, they've got issues. They're turned off constantly. So, you know, and then you get to the point of like, will the game being made in China, will it have the solid feel of the ARA game? I know someone played the new Chinese version and said, no, it felt cheap like a stern. I don't know about that. I don't know. You'd have to play both games back to back. The problem with the Big Lebowski thread is you get guys like this too. This guy K Clank on Pinside, he he was basically saying like, I've got the ARA version and it's going to be the best built ever. And he wrote... Um, he could tell you right now, I wouldn't sell mine if you offered me. He, this is what he says. If you offered him $100,000, he wouldn't sell his Big Lebowski pinball machine. Are you kidding me, man? Really? $100,000 and you wouldn't sell the Big Lebowski. I can't tell if, if that's a testament to how great the game is or how stupid pinball collectors are. You get out when you make a $90,000 profit on a pinball machine. You, that's, that's, that's the time you get out, okay? Look. Um, I don't know how this story is going to end. We know that Dutch keeps saying that we're not expected to start building games until like April, May. I would assume that's going to be more May. You really think Big Lebowski's are going to be rolling off the line or the production line in like six weeks? I don't. Um, I, I really feel bad for all of you in on this journey because you have nothing you can do but wait. And you know it's about to come. The new buyers are going to cut the line and you're going to wait and you might never get your game. I, I'm just saying like that there's a good possibility of that because if they don't get new orders, there's no way they can order the parts to get the production line going. I hope you get your games. Um, I just think the whole thing is, is a travesty. Um, someone said something like Dutch pinballs had minor issues over the years. Minor issues. Minor issues. 
they are three years delayed. They have taken people's money for four years, and they've only shipped four, 40 games in almost like a four and a half year period. They lied to consumers. They tried to release a BOP 3.0 package to hoodwink people to go in to, to salvage the Big Lebowski. The whole thing has been a disaster. This is as bad as it gets in business. You're lied to, you didn't get what you paid for, and the company's got to now run to China to try and pull a rabbit out of a hat. How can it get any worse? The, these eternal optimists in pinball, there's another name for those people. You're suckers. You're going to lose your money if you're an eternal pinball optimist. The smart man buys a box that has a game inside it that's sitting at a distributor's warehouse. All right? All right. Uh, in the alien thread, there's a new pinball topic, and it's called Flingate 2018. What, is, what do I mean by Flingate? Well, there's a whole conversation around the magnet in front of the xenomorph. And is, is your magnet flinging the ball? Because my magnet just captures the ball. It doesn't fling it. Um, and people are like, oh, my God, my magnet's not flinging. Um, look, I guess there's some adjustment that can be made. And then the magnet moves the ball slowly or a little bit. Um, the big question mark for Alien right now are when are the LE owners going to get their games? I, I mean, I can't believe it, guys. We are in March of 2018 in like next week, and, and they, they are still not shipping. Remember Andrew said originally the game was coming out like March 2015 or 20, I think it was 2015. Uh, that was the original ship date of Alien. So you guys have had your money in there for three years. You know what must suck for you guys who gave Andrew Highway like $8,000 in... Um, I think Amazon stock back then was like two to three hundred dollars a share. Amazon stock just hit fifteen hundred dollars a share. So all you fools who had your money frozen with these pinball companies, you could have made tens of thousands of dollars in the time frame you locked your money in with this company. And see, the reason why I call people who did that foolish is because you can go on eBay today and someone's selling like an alien for like ten or $11,000. So here's why I think everyone who locks money in early is dumb. Um, because imagine if you made $60,000, in the stock market during the same time period. Then you could go buy that $10,000 alien and have like an extra sixty, seventy thousand dollars in the bank off of the same principal investment that you handed Andrew Highway. So... That's Canada, your financial advisor. Never, ever, ever again pay in full for a game until it is in a box at a distributor. Have we all learned that lesson? I hope so. All right. Any other rumors or things I'm hearing? Here's the thing, though, and this is like just something that I think everyone needs to be prepared for. We're on the verge of TPF. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot of pinball players out there. And there are a lot more pinball players out in the world that people are not even aware of. Now, I know of about three to four other pinball ventures out there that have games that they are looking to bring to market. And I have to say, like, man, when is enough enough? And that is just a question I want all of you to think about. I think what is good about what's happening in the marketplace is people are no longer saying, I just have to own the next. I just have to own the next. I think people are going to get a chance to play everything they want before they pay for it. And I think they're going to get a chance to only really own stuff that they they fall in love with. And there's not going to be this just chasing after every new announcement, right? We've come so far from the days when like Charlie's like, I'm making Rob Zombie and it sells out the next day to 
Actually, maybe I should play Rob Zombie, make sure I like it before I go in on it. All right? So that's where we're at. We're in a very inundated pinball marketplace. And, you know, the prices are high. The new in-box market is very competitive. I think stuff like Houdini is what people are going to be looking for, which is you just have to give me a lot for my money. And you can't expect me to just, like, buy every new version of your game, Stern. You can't do that. You can't ship me a game that's incomplete, and you can't ask me to get excited about something that you haven't even taken the time to finish. And that's the reality. You know, Stern's thing is we need 50 games a day on the line or else we're out of business. Well, you're gonna, that means you're going to cut corners. It means you're going you're gonna to rush stuff out the door. I think what we're starting to see with Stern and this year is, is really being defined by what John Trudeau did to them. The Stern was not well equipped to deal with the John Trudeau issue. And that caused a lot of things to be rushed. It caused a lot of delays. Um, and, you know, and we're feeling the effects of that. The reason why Guardians was bumped ahead of everything was because of Trudeau. So you can blame him for for what happened with Guardian's release. All right. Well, let's talk to Dave because we cover a lot of this stuff. I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. Um, have a happy Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. And if you have any feedback for the show, wait, I didn't, I didn't read some of the people's emails. Let me do that real quick. So I got an email from, let's see, from Don S. Don S, the subject is podcast still rocking and rolling. He said, hey, Chris, longtime listener here. I've emailed you in the past around episode 40-ish or so. Just wanted to say I still enjoy your podcast. It's still going strong. I've been saving up for the last year or so to buy a newer machine and finally scored a Walking Dead Pro for 4800 shipped from a Pinsider in Las Vegas, and it has $500 in mods. The game is fantastic, and the best part is it only had 400 plays when I got it. The hard part was convincing the wife that we needed it, but now that we've got it, she's playing it as much as me. Keep up the good show. Don, well, thank you so much for that note. I'm happy you scored a Walking Dead. It is a great machine. Um, only 400 plays. Only 400 plays probably after the latest code update, but if the game is, is giving you enjoyment and it's in great shape and you enjoy it, that's all that matters. I think... Look, my Batman has hundreds of plays on it by now. You wouldn't know it. Game's perfectly meant. If you take care of your games, if you wax them, if you put Mylar and protectors down, these games will last and look new for a long time. I got an email from Warren. Uh, he said, hey, Chris, sorry you didn't invent the phrase loose lips sink ships. Here's the opening song for your next podcast. ACDC, let's get it up. First line of the song is loose lips sink ships. Uh, keep up the great work as I always enjoy your podcast. My daughter asked me how much time I've spent listening to you and I figured out about six days of my life. I've listened to almost all your 207 shows to, at like 45 minutes a show. She just laughed and rolled her eyes. Warren, I am sorry that I've taken a week of your life, but I hope that the entertainment that this show has provided has lowered any stress levels you may have and will probably add six years to your life. I should make that guarantee. Canadian Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that will add a year to your life because you will enjoy it so much. Warren, I really appreciate it. I think it's hard to explain to family members and other people out there why we listen to pinball podcasts and, 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 and the enjoyment we get from it. 
but that's just the way it is. It's something we like. Um, I got an email from Tim Went. Uh, and he said he said no need to read this on the air, but he wanted to follow up on our Oktoberfest discussion. All right, so look, I'm gonna read it, Tim. I've never read it before. He said so. Glad you're having fun with the Big Trouble versus Oktoberfest poll, but you missed my point. Here's my point. You can't write off a theme without thinking about the market segments that the theme appeals to. Companies that are not getting their ass kicked in the marketplace will present a mock-up or MVP of the product to the representative sample of the target market segment. Then they valid pivot and throw out the idea. I Wait, hold on. I want to stop there because... Um, do you think Stern, Tim, does any of that? Do you think Stern shows a mock-up of the product to like its distributors or its sales force or its customer base and does like focus group testing? They absolutely do not. They didn't do any of that with Mustang, with WWE, LE. Stern does none of that market sort of sampling to see if it's worth making. He said, I did enjoy the poll, but I hope that you would agree that posting a poll like do you like vanilla or chocolate on Pinside is not market research. In my email, I felt that you sometimes rely too much on your gut instinct when talking themes. All right, let me stop there. So Tim, how is that not a valid poll of would you rather buy one or the other? Well, I mean, explain to me how we needed to um, change that up or word it differently because vanilla and chocolate is also a valid thing if i'm only going to serve one flavor ice cream at my movie theater which one has more customer base so i don't i don't get how that is like you know off and gut let me talk about gut for a minute bit for a little bit because i'll tell you this i've built my career on data analytics but overriding all of that are are, are gut instincts all right my biggest campaigns in my life uh, Guns N' Roses, Bonnie Tyler, f you know, the, you know, the whole, like everything we've pushed for free beer for all the Philadelphia, my team, you know, everything that we do is it's all the numbers in the world wouldn't tell you that Dr. Pepper should align with Guns N' Roses or that, you know, how do you, how do you get data research to show that people want to hear Bonnie Tyler sing that song during the total solar eclipse? You don't. You don't. I, I just knew people would love that, that it would make a great story. I know people would love Big Trouble in Little China as a pinball experience far more than Oktoberfest. Now look, the only way to prove a gut and even data and analytics is to make both and see which sells more. I tell you this, Big Trouble in Little China would wipe the floor with Oktoberfest. It would destroy it. Nostalgia and the heritage movement is so much bigger in culture now than, than almost anything else. And you want to come out with Oktoberfest, just a generic game about the beer festival? Absolutely not. All right. He went on to say, all right, validate learning over opinions and conversations, the process of customer discovery in this part. All right. Look, look, I want you to come on the show. All right. Let's do that. Tim, I'm not going to read the rest of this email. You I know you listen to the show. Tim, come on the show and let's talk about pinball marketing and have a good conversation. All right. I appreciate the note though. I, I, Tim's like a scholar in marketing. I'm sort of like an overachiever in marketing where I sort of, I aim for the fences and whenever brands execute my stuff, like it usually pops because I think I go for the emotional versus like the data and the analytical 
stuff when it comes to marketing because what market research did George Lucas have to say that people want to see lightsabers, right? Exactly. All right, people, let me air this interview with Dave. I think you're going to enjoy it. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your pinball machines. Be nice to each other. And remember to email me, canadapinball at gmail.com, to see the world reveal of the Hilton hoodie. I think you're going to love it. Have a great weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a new guest to the show, a listener of the podcast, Mr. Dave. Dave, pronounce your last name for us. It's Falgren. Dave Falgren from Plainfield, Illinois? Plainfield, Illinois, which is just uh, just south of the capital of uh, right. Chicago. And Dave, Dave reached out to me. Dave's a, Dave's a big pinball fan, and what I really... I'm, I'm so interested to hear um, from Dave is he's played a lot of the new machines that all I can do is speculate about. So, so Dave, you've played what a Houdini. Um, right. Yeah. Level 257, which is in Schaumburg. Um, they've got a Houdini there. They've had that. That was the first prototype there. And there's also a uh, Jersey Jack pirates wow. is there as well. So yeah, it's, it's uh it's kind of the testing ground. I'm, I'm very fortunate where uh, Stern, uh, American Pinball, and then Jersey Jack's uh, design office are all about 15 minutes from there. And uh, so this it's kind of their proving ground where they get to test stuff out. I was at uh, 257 on a Friday, and Josh was fixing the, uh, the Houdini. You know, it was like a Friday night at five o'clock after work and there's Josh. I was like, all right, hey, what's up? You know, so it's, it's cool. All right. So you're lucky. These brand new games, which most of us, all we can do is speculate and yell at each other on forums. You actually get to play them before most people. So let's go down the list of what you've played. And I really would just love to get your impressions of these titles and how you think these titles will do in the pinball marketplace in 2018. How does that sound? Fire away. All right, let's start with American Pinball Houdini. Like, what are your thoughts on that game? That game is what they've done for that price point is it, 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 it's a great game. Um, I've been I, I got to play the prototype that was right after uh, right after the Star Wars uh, the the last debacle the the movie. Um, got to play uh, play it then that weekend. And we were the only ones there. I probably paid about, played about 50 games. It was fantastic. Um, I've, I've, the build quality on it is solid. It's kind of like a, I'd almost call it a Jersey Jack Jr. It, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's solid build quality. It really, uh, it played nicely, had a lot of fun with it, had a lot of nice little Easter eggs that popped up. Um, you know, there was an alien that pops up on it. Uh, a bunch of different little it, it, it's just it's a fun game to play um and i'll just kind of what, what we should do is just kind of go through each one and I, I i can tell you that i was playing houdini um out of that lineup until um pirates showed up okay so, so and so, at, yeah so you've logged a bunch of games and so let, let me go down some of the stuff that people speculate on because you've, you've spent time on the machine. So we've yeah, heard a lot yeah, of reports that's... that the shots are tight. So what were your opinions about like finding the shots in the game? It Shots are always tight when you've got to make them. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I've got this Black Knight 2000 and that shot is, you know, 
it, it always seems like the shots are always tight when you've got to make them. I was making shots. I had fun playing it. And um, yeah, it, it's driving me nuts that a couple guys that have played five games on it right. are saying the shots are tight. Well, no kidding. How? I mean, you've got to play it for a while before or you're really getting the feel for the flippers, and and who knows how that game's even set up. I know the one at 257 set up, right, because Josh set it up. So right. I can tell you that game is set up correctly. So um, there was a little while there when they actually moved the game, because um, I usually go there for happy hour on, like, Thursday nights. We'll go and play. And uh, there was a little while there where I was like, oh, it wasn't shooting right. It was missing the, uh, it was missing the, the, the trunk shot. Um, you know, that, that, that cannonball shot into the trunk. Right. Then they came back and then I saw Josh there again and then they, they had fixed it. So, um, but yeah, I have booked probably 50 games on that, on that pin. And, uh, it's, yeah, there's some tight stuff, but like I said, they're always tight when you try to make them. And I think people need to play it a little more before they can start, um, talking about it. Fortunately with Houdini, it's out there a little bit more. Um, so people are starting to get a little more time on it. Right. It is but interesting it's, it's, it, I, how quickly, right, people formulate an opinion about a pinball machine. I mean, people will jump on a game once, walk away after two two balls, and go on the internet and slam the machine. Yeah. I, I've got a standing rule. And actually, I, 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 I came up with this. And again, it's it's my, my, my being fortunate of having 257. We had dialed in. Last year, after Rogue One, uh, Star Wars Rogue One came out. So that was like before Christmas. Uh, we had the prototype uh, dialed in, and people were just shitting all over that game. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cell phone game, and and I, I had actually bought into it. And I, I was, I was with my buddies, and they're they're kind of they're looser, you know. They they just they, we just go and play, and uh, they're like, let's play this game. I'm like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to play it. I was just so upset. I was just like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's beneath me. It's a cell phone game. I played the after I played that game, I played it for the rest of the night, and we went back the next day, and I played it again. Yeah. Um. So it's just I don't declare anything about a game until you've played it at least five times. Right. You know, at least five times, if not twenty five times, and then you can talk about it. I mean, it's and it's so damaging the way that people are just talking about these games, and they some people have only seen a video and they're and they're making judgments. It's 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 crazy. Right. Okay, so Houdini is a game, and we've been saying on the show that, I mean, for the money, when you look at everything that's in that game, you'd be hard-pressed to find something, because it's, it's what, $7,000? And it's yeah, jam-packed with stuff in it. Um, all day. And I think more and more people are going to start playing, and I know that production is, is still ramping up. So we're not seeing tons of them go out yet, but from what I've heard and what I've read... Uh, the early customers are very satisfied with the machine. So let's go down the next list because then I want to ask you after we go through them all, all the new ones, like, you know, what, what's, what's at the top of your list? So you've played Pirates of the Caribbean, another game that Jersey Jack questionably might have shown it pretty early, showing it at Expo, but now it's on location for testing. And, and what are your thoughts uh, uh, on Pirates? Um, and just, yeah, I played Houdini and Pirates at Expo. Um, and compared to those were just, I think they were just showing off the toys mainly, um, pirates I've had again, about 50 games on it's what's crazy about two fifty seven is there's nobody there. I've got <laughs> video I put up on, on Facebook. I've literally, my friend Bob and I, we walked in and we play and like somebody will come up and I'll be like, do you want to play this game? And, and there's a Batman 66 that a lot of 
normal people want to, you know, the people that don't really know want to play because it's cool. And it's 60, you know, Batman 66 and there's ghosts. There's the whole lineup is there. And uh, people are like, oh, no, that's cool. You know, they'll just watch or whatever. But, but yeah, there, I, I will play. I can play for three hours straight on that pin and literally on a Thursday night at five o'clock and there's nobody there. I mean, they have tournaments and things there, but anyhow, putting the time in on that game. Um, I am a loose player. I, I'm not a tournament player. I'm not a, I, I, I don't memorize rules. I have the memory of a guppy. Basically. I, 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 I laughed when Brenda was interviewing you because she said something that kind of stuck with me with my whole goal is to keep the ball from getting in into the drain i mean that's right. really what i try to do at first and then i get into the rule sets and everything um with a game like star wars where it was it was you know the rule set gets really if you don't understand you've really got to read up on that game to really enjoy it and i've started enjoying that one but uh with pirates i had fun with it from the first pull um explain just, that so it's really intuitive when you when you when you get up there it, it kind of just pulls you in, and, and it's it's not like doing complicated math or chess like Star Wars. There's plenty to do. There's plenty to do without knowing what you're doing. Okay. Um, you know, you do the shot, it goes up. Um, there's that upper flipper. Um, it took me a couple games to figure out. Okay, if I hit that upper flipper, there's a nice loop shot that you can really get going up there. Kind of a a, a Richie style loop shot that'll really you know you can kind of get it going with that upper flipper. Um, but I just I had fun, and, and and my friend Bob, who's a loose player, he collects. He's got a couple games. He had fun, and then I had my other friend, who literally I think he may have played twenty games of pinball his entire life. He he had so basically everybody's having fun playing this game. It's not overly complicated, but then you start learning more about it. I've been watching the videos and learning more about you know the gameplay of it, and okay, now I'm starting to get more. So now I can I'm stepping it up a little bit more and getting the scores and finding things out, but. Before I even knew what the heck I was doing, I was having fun with it. And I think that's something, you know, I, I know when I first saw it at uh, at Expo, we were kind of like, oh, Pirates game. Right. Great. What a waste. And then, you know, everybody is is kind of poo-pooing it and this and that. And I, I really, I wouldn't look at it as just a Pirates of the Caribbean game. It's a pirate game um, that happens to be based around Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, yeah, um, it kind of needs to be because they can't use any. Uh, well, of the yeah, but they're, it, the you know what? It's 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 got the one you know it's got the one guy. The narrator is cool. I like the narrator. Um, games like uh, Walking Dead, I can't stand that narrator. He drives me nuts. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the voices callouts on that make me crazy. At least this narrator, he's a real you know he's he was one of the actors from the movie, so at least he fits. Right. And he doesn't sound like somebody who's trying to be a pirate. He sounds like a pirate. Right. Um, which is, it's it's just, I had fun. And if you, I've got videos of me playing it. You cannot say, not say R while you're playing it. I mean, it just pulls you in and you have a blast. And if you get up into that upper play field and you're playing on the boat, it's a fun game that I would, I would consider, um, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead too far as far as if you want to talk about ratings uh, later on, but uh, so okay, so Go let's. Uh, well, these are the two. <laughs> these are the two new ones, though, because I think out of. I mean, we're, we we can talk about guardians. Well, yeah, you've got, you've, there's really the three. I mean, the three. You've got your stern games, and you know we can. Everybody's everybody's played them and everybody's talked about them. We can talk about them as well if you want. But well, let's go. You basically go, got TNA. You've yeah, got. Let's go to TNA got, first because I think. Before we go to Stern, I think the three new games that I'm hearing the right. most buzz about amongst players. You got pirates. You got Houdini, you got Total Nuclear Annihilation. Now, have you had some time on TNA as well? 
Not as much as I got on the other two because it's not at 257. Um, I got to play it at the uh, Pinball Life uh, open house during Expo, and I got a few rounds in at Expo. But what I did, I played, probably played about 10, 15, I played more than five. I probably played 10 to 15 games. At Pinball Life, they had the original Whitewood, then he had the prototype, then he had the production game. So I played a few on each one, but I played a few more on the production than on, on any other ones. And okay. um, that game is, it's special. I mean, it, it's it's not, it's 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 not for the faint of heart. You go to play that game, and it's it's one of those games that you don't ever take your hand. You don't get to take a breath. It'll right. catch you looking when you're playing. It's just it's fast, and I can only really describe it as bouncy. It's just always moving. Um, my buddy Bob is he's a bigger guy, and he was just like he was literally sweating. <laughs> and I mean, we kind of kids sometimes bobble sweat when he gets a haircut, but he was, I mean, it, it, it's, it's intense. It's not a game that you just kind of walk up to and you're, you're hanging out. You get on that thing. It's like, you're, you're in and you better pay attention. Cause it will, it'll bite you. If you don't, it'll catch you looking. And now, compared, uh, it's, com- it's, it's compared to like a pirates. Cause we know that TNA is like fast and furious. Does, does it make some of those other games feel a little bit like things are happening in slow motion? Um, it's, yeah, well, that, that game is just, the, TNA makes everything seem like it's going, it's, it makes you feel like you're going in slow motion when you walk away from it. It right. is just so, it's fast. It is a, it's bouncy. I mean, I can't even, just, it, that ball just never stops moving. I mean, there's no, there's just no relaxing when you're playing that game with pirates and what, it, oh, excuse me, what I wanted to mention I don't like wide body games. I really the only the only Jersey Jack game I really like it was dialed in, and um, you know I, I'm, I'm playing Pirates, and I, I finally I realize, oh my god, this is a wide body game. It doesn't feel like a wide body. So out of the three wide body Jacks, it's the fastest one. Right. Um, do, you, do you think that has? To, what do you think? Why, why do you think that is? Are, are the shots just closer to the flippers, a la Indiana Jones? It's just got so much going on. I think it's just. I think Eric must have done a lot of work with the with the Whitewood on it, right. and, and and he, you know, he plays a lot of competitive stuff. I've heard some of his interviews, and, and and you know, he's he's got pinball in his blood. He's been doing it for a long time. And same with Denise. I mean, Scott. I go to pinball life a lot and talk to Scott, and really, I I, I mean, him and I would geek out about different pinball machines all the time. I mean, I just go there and ask him questions about some lights and stuff before he was ever doing TNA, and it's just. He's got it in his blood. I mean, those two just love pinball, and uh, they've got their thoughts. But compared to Hobbit and uh, and and uh, Wizard of Oz, right? It doesn't. It just does not feel. You don't realize it's a wide body until there's a far left shot you've got to make, and you don't realize it's a wide body until you got to make that shot because then all of a sudden you're like, holy cow! But you don't have that slow lumbering wide body feel like you do with Hobbit, where it's like pop. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. So, Dave, do you think do you think Pirates is going to be more successful or get more praise and dialed in? Because dialed in is sort of it's like a fan favorite, but I, I you know I can't imagine it's like flying out the door just because of the theme. I'm curious if you think like is do you think this is the best Jersey Jack or do you think dialed in is still a, a better pinball experience? I, I I don't think you can compare the two. I think they're both. They complement each other. 
I think they do. I think I think that I mean look at look at dialed in. Dialed in is a is in a wide body. It doesn't have that button in the middle, that, that lockdown button that I'm not right. a big fan of. But um, dialed in is dialed in is a Williams game. That's what dialed in is. And when I played dialed in the first time, I looked at I looked at Bob and I said, This is the first that was the first pinball new pinball machine I had played that I was like Holy cow! I love this. Is this feels like a Williams Stern? I, to me, before that, I'd always said Stern was like sex with a condom. It just felt like you're wearing mittens. <laughs> it didn't have feel. It just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then I got on that dialed in, and I was like, "Holy cow! Welcome back!" It was like I, that was the first dialed in was the first pinball machine I've played that I said I would I might I might buy this. You know, I would think about buying this. This excites me. When I see that game, I go for it. At Expo, I played. I played Pirates for a little bit and literally walked away and just started playing Dialed In because I just I wanted to get as much free time as I could on Dialed In because it's Dialed In is a totally different game than 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 Pirates, but I think if you're a pinball enthusiast and and you would get Dialed In. Um, I think if you're a guy like me with three kids and you're going to have Christmas and you got your friends coming over, Pirates is just. It's just such a fun game. It's a right. lot of fun. Where dialed in is, it's that theme. It's that cell phone theme, and people still don't get it. And it's not sounds with the bong, bong, bong. It's not as it's not as exciting as pirates because pirates has. I mean, yeah. and I know people are bagging on the on the theme music, but the theme music's still awesome. It may not be from the movie. It doesn't need to be. It's good. I mean, you got Dave Thiel did that. I mean, that guy's. I've got I've got uh, uh, Time Machine over here. That's one of his first ones that he did on Data East, and that game is spectacular. And that's from you know that's one of the original Data Easts. His music is fantastic. So you know people are bagging on that whole soundtrack thing. It doesn't need it. The sound the music if the music is good, you don't need the soundtrack music if it's good. I mean that's yeah. I mean look, I mean the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, right? I mean they they they. They've sort of they were they started out really popular the first few installments, but I don't I mean that theme song, I've heard David's music and it's close right, but like if you if you altered the Star Wars theme song, people would burn Stern Pinball to the ground. Two um, totally it, different worlds. It, totally different worlds. There there's like iconic people know note for note the theme song. I I don't think the Pirates movies has the same level of like emotional draw that some of the other films. Have scores have um and like you were saying though i mean if people are coming over people already understand the world of pirates just just as a general thing versus dialed in in quantum city which does take uh explaining and even when you do it's not going to have the same level of immediate attraction as a pirate themed game so so Jersey Jack's on a little bit of a roll now, right? I think they've sort of found their groove. I, I definitely think Dialed In, um, has, as Jack says, is the game he always wanted to make. And I think people are excited to see what comes down the road. Now, we've heard rumors of Toy Story. We've heard rumors of Willy Wonka. Um, do any of those two themes excite you? Would they give you pause, David, if, if you knew um, those were coming after Pirates? I, I'm not a Jersey. I mean, I, I don't buy, I'm not a new, um, new in box buyer to the, for the most part. Um, I just, at this point, I've got three children. It would be irresponsible for me to start buying $12,000. pinball machines. A responsible pinball. Um, person out I there. could do that. Believe me. I, I, I own my own business. I'm doing well, but 
I, uh, I, I mean, I just, it, it just wouldn't, I, honestly, I, I've spent two pinball machines. So I, uh, you know, I bought them, I fixed them, I've sold them. It's fun for me. I, I just, so I'm just going to get that out of the way. Um, okay. I would, I would buy, um, I would buy pirates though. And I've actually had long talks with, with Bob, who's my, kind of my pinball buddy here and, and I work with him and uh, I, I, I've, I've thought about, I mean, I, I, I can't get to 257 enough to play it. I really do enjoy that game and I really did enjoy um, Dialed In. In fact, if Pirates were down right now, I would probably either play Houdini or Dialed In. Um, but I would say I would buy Pirates. I would sell my Wizard of Oz and my Hobbit if I had it right now. Right. I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't pass go. I, I, I think if they are doing... I mean that Toy Story. If 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 Lawler's doing whatever Lawler's doing next is going to be awesome. Right. Um, it's probably not going to be wide body, but with the pirates, the pirates just didn't. It doesn't feel like I hate wide bodies. I had a Judge Dredd here and a Fishtails, and uh, I Judge Dredd was my first DMD game I had, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Then I got a Fishtails, and I was like, it was this, you know, it was that lumbering wide body. Ugh, it's so right. slow. That pirates, you could, I will jump back and forth from Houdini to pirates to dialed in, and it doesn't feel slow. It's just so busy. He's got. I think it might be those wheel, the the spinners he's got up in front of the uh, flippers too. You don't get to rest as much. Um, you're not waiting. Right. You're, the, you're watching that ball. That ball is that ball's always doing things where you're not, not just floating. watching. It's 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 it's, uh, it's moving and uh, flying. Yeah, it's not lumbering down from the top like Hobbit or you know Wizard of Oz where it's doing this thing. Oh my god, Hobbit! Hobbit! You can go like order a drink at the bar, but you know by the time the ball comes back from that center ramp, I mean it's yes, it's forever in a day. All right, so okay, so Jersey Jack. It sounds like pirates, and I I keep hearing good things. I mean, I I am I have speculated on whether or not the theme will be one that people are attracted to. You're telling me, you know, Chris, doesn't matter. Game is really good. It's an amazing pirate game that just happens to be inspired and based on Pirates of the Caribbean. It's um, totally wrapped around it, though. I mean, you listen to Eric's interviews, and he's, you know, I mean, the different skulls and all the different stuff. So I don't want to discredit that, but I saw the first Pirates, and I think I saw the second Pirates in a drive-in, and I think I fell asleep watching it. So I can tell you who Jack Sparrow is. I know there's, you know, the Squidhead guy. I, I don't really know who anybody else is but Jack Sparrow. Right. So, I mean, and that's because it's Johnny Depp, and he walks around, you know, acting like, you know Keith Richards, so that's right. great. Um, it, it, it's 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 just a fun game, and um, for a, and I'm not a big fan of uh, of licensed games either. And really, it, it's it's the license didn't seem to get too far in the way on that game. I think I guess I could say like you would on a on a Star Wars or on uh, half the other basically all the licensed pins I've, I've right. you know we've come across lately and and we can get into that if you've got three hours to talk about how much <laughs> I dislike licensed pins but um, well I think what yeah, what, what'll help them what'll help them is that pirates isn't a sort of you know five part movie franchise that people are overly obsessed with where they would complain because the integration isn't exactly what they imagine. I, I think that is actually going to work in Jersey Jack's favor that the, the pirate theme is something people like, but they're not going to be super pissed off that like 
that scene from movie four isn't in there because right. who the hell remembers Where any they... of that stuff? Um, right. So have you played any of the new Stern machines? And we've got Guardians, we've got Batman 66, we've got, um, what do we got? Aerosmith, we've got... All of them. They're Star all there. Star Wars. They're all They're there. All there. What do you, I mean, what They're are your, all there, man. What are your thoughts it's on Star Wars? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Star uh, Wars? You know, I, 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 I was planning i was looking at selling a, a a few of my system 11 games to get a star wars <sighs> kind of bought in on the reviews i played it at expo um i'm starting to like the more i play it over there the more it, the thing the thing about star wars is it's in the 257 has like a lineup where it's it's like houdini um aerosmith star wars guardians and uh uh uh, pirates. So sometimes I'll let somebody else play, you know, if somebody else comes up, I'll let them have, cause I'll be playing pirates for like an hour and somebody else will come up and I'll be like, if you want to play, go ahead. So then I'll jump on star Wars usually. And, uh, it's starting to grow on me. They've got a pro there. And I, the, the problem I have with star Wars, I've got a friend that's got a, a, an LE at his house and, uh, I won't play it because I throw that game around. Um, it's light and it, it's, it's definitely a, you know, it's, it's more than a nudger. I, I tilt that game a lot and it's, it's really light. It's fun to play. Um, it's starting to grow on me a lot and, um, I'm a huge Steve Ritchie fan. I black Knights what got me in and black Knight 2000 is what got me back. And I've got a lot of Steve Ritchie games in my collection. And, um, those are the ones I really don't let go of. So I like his, I'm a big fan of Steve. I've got a signed picture of Steve Ritchie back there, uh, dressed up as a King from, uh, from uh, expo um so i'm a big fan of his i like that game the more i play it the more i like it okay um, so, so it's growing on you of of the sterns um of the affordable of the pro sterns i would buy star wars because also and i know you've made this point with uh with batman it's the real it's the real voices it's the real people it's it's star wars i mean right. you turn it on and it's it's the theme song comes on and it's Yoda's voice. And it's so I've got a lot of star Wars stuff in this basement uh, that I'm sitting in right now. And uh, I was actually married on, on May the 4th and uh, you know, that was my wife's idea, but we are big star Wars fans at this house. So star Wars was one of those that I was ready to jump all over. Then I pulled back a little bit and it's something that I'd still think about of, of the new Sterns of the new pro Sterns. It's probably the one right. I would, I would buy. But on some level, I still do consider Star Wars to be a bit of a failure, and I'll explain why, Dave. Because like mm -hmm. you're a huge Star Wars fan, I'm dude. Huge... I mean, I don't know if, if you can see over my shoulder. I... That is a thousand. That is a that, that is one of one thousand gentle giant one to one Yoda. Um, that's like you go to like that's yeah. I'm a I'm a yeah. I'm so a you're, fairly... you're, you mean you're married on <laughs> May fourth. Yeah, the, the, my stepkids dressed up as stormtroopers. So, so you're married cool. on May fourth. You've got this amazing yep. Yoda statue. You yeah. You have a framed picture of Steve Ritchie or a signed picture. He made Star Wars, and you didn't get one. Yeah, that just to me that says like something. It's like you have to grow to love the machine, and I'll say that is why I think Star Wars as a pinball machine sort of failed because we shouldn't have to grow to love it. It should yeah. have been immediately take my money now kind of machine, and it wasn't. It, the okay, but you've got to keep in mind too that that had more to do with Lucas and just the whole light. You've got, 
and you're in marketing, so you know. Um, Star Wars is the Tiffany. Star Wars is like the most protected brand on the planet. Um, right. I had a marketing my, my 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 marketing guy that I used to have. He was the president of Planners Peanuts Marketing. The, the Planners Peanut is like the mo, one of the most you know that he couldn't be walking, he couldn't be talking. And in fact, when the new commercials came out, he was going crazy. That's how I know about all this. But that Star Wars franchise. They were so I, – I don't think Steve Ritchie had as much design to do with it as Lucas did, and it comes through. I mean it's – it's if you look at what Steve's done in the last few games, I, he hasn't had – it just doesn't seem like he's had much control um, over – You know, I mean he's got his touches here and there, but you can just tell and, – and you even said it before. Where's the freaking topper, man? Well, I don't know what happened there. I mean, you know? I don't know, I don't I know mean, what where? Stern submitted. I don't know what, what's going on with that. It's become a, a kind of like a running joke. It's supposed to be R2-D2 with his... Um, oh, I know. Per- it's supposed to be like R2-D2 with some hologram and all. It's supposed to be like the Batman. It's supposed to be awesome. Well, they well, haven't but released but it. But there's also no way that that like a TIE fighter on a spring is something that Lucas like designed. And it's also just... I think what happened is this. I, I think the license was so expensive, yes. It was Super also expensive. very restrictive in terms of the, you know, the needing to get approval on every little thing they did. So I think they like, you know, they played some areas really safe, like a tie fighter on a spring and that LCD screen with the targets like to me, that stuff just didn't seem very inventive for the franchise and you know, we, we've we've beat this into the ground like a dead horse. I think sure. Since then, I think people have learned to enjoy the pin, but I I don't think Star Wars will ever go down as as one of the you know best stern pinball machines. But what's th- there's this is the third Star Wars pin now. Yeah, they're always, fourth. They're always the fourth. mediocre. They suck because <laughs> Lucas won't let them. You know what I mean? It's just like you've always got the overlings. I, it's just I, I and then you're always paying a ton for that that license. I mean, I was listening to. Uh, uh, the Australian guys and, and and Charlie was on there. You know, he was talking about how he couldn't do that one machine because all of a sudden they wanted all this money for this one thing. Imagine what Stern paid for Yoda and video. But and why? For is, but all why? Those guys. But why? When you go look at the Zen pinball, which is I know it's digital, but when you look at the Zen pinball Star Wars games, they're freaking amazing. Because who had to pay for that? Zen pinball. What did they pay? Who did they pay? they paid Lucas? But yeah, okay. So Zen Pinball did that, but Zen Pinball, it's that's like building a. Well, I guess there's like, no expense. There's no bo. There's there's no bill even, of material in but that. But even just on an artistic standpoint, you look at the art sure. on the Zen Pinball games. Like they blow away the art on the Stern game, and it's like. But wow. did Lucas have their hands? You know, were they were they were they elbow deep into into that Zen, into that game? Yeah. Did they I have mean, look, total control? We'll, we'll never know, right? Because I, I I don't I, know. I don't I know they did. Everything. I know they did. I know they did on on the Stern game. Yeah, of course. But the you know the the hard part about dealing with the license is you never know what the pinball manufacturer takes to the license, and you never know exactly what the license gave them to work with. Like we just have to kind of accept what we're told from the pinball company. Which when things go well, there's never any questions about how that partnership worked. When things don't go well, it's always the the license was to blame. You know, the IP holder was to blame. Anyway, so Star Wars, that's it almost feels like that was like years ago, doesn't it? It's like... Yeah, and then that was ga- like... Ugh. This game, Guardians of the Galaxy, has come out recently that there's not much 
there's not much conversation about it. Do you, do you feel like this game is sort of, it just feels like this game just came out and just immediately got sort of it was forgotten. Like roadkill. Yeah. It's, 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 I, you were, I, and I remember you were talking it up and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, ah, you know, star Wars, we're, we're not liking star Wars. And yeah, the star Wars on the original, on, on the, on the looking at it, that's was really the, the downside of it. But guardians is, is going to be incredible and we're going to see how it looks and, you know, wait, 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 wait. And then, yeah, I've, I've played it a few times and really it, it's, I can't stand the call outs. And I, and I, 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 I know you read my, my thing on, <laughs> it's not even the, it would be different if it was him, if it was the actor doing the boobly boo, it's a bad mm. actor doing the boo. that Stern. If I wouldn't mind if they didn't use the actual actors, but I don't, and I, I'm sure I'm going to be in Texas. And I'm, if, if the voice actor from guardians comes up and slugs me, God bless him. He, I hate what he's doing. <laughs> I don't like any of the voices. And for me, call-outs are key. Um, it makes or breaks the game. And that's why, like, Walking Dead, I can't stand that fake southern accent that that guy has. Um, it makes me nuts. Right. You know, he's, it's like he, he, it's, he's not Rick. He just sounds kind of like Rick, but it's not him. It's like, why couldn't they have found actually the same guy that does the boobly-boo? And that guy's I, – I can't believe they couldn't get him to narrate. Right. Uh, 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 Daryl's brother, whoever that guy. And he, Merle, because Merle was, he, that's the boobly boo guy in Gla Guardians of the Galaxy, too. And he's not like, he's he's like a B list actor. I mean, he's talented, don't get me wrong, but the guy, he'll, I mean, he'd do a commercial for, you know, whatever right now. So I'm sure his voiceover work wouldn't be that expensive. They could have used him right. to narrate the whole damn game. It really uh, feels like, on some level, Guardians got rushed, and uh, I was reading on This Week in Pinball, they said there's a rumor that the design cycle over at Stern was Iron Maiden, Deadpool, and then Guardians in terms of when these games' design cycles began, and and, and Iron Maiden uh, got delayed, and, and there's... I, People are not sure which titles Trudeau worked on, whether it was Deadpool or Iron Maiden, but it definitely feels like Guardians was a bit rushed. I mean, we when it came out, the code was another one of these hardly existent codes. Um, what do you think? It was like an expo code. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it's just it like, was... like, why does Stern think they can get away with, with, with this sort of, let's launch a game that's not done and let's let the early adopters be the guinea pigs. Do you think like we're getting to the point where people are finally going to say enough, enough, or are there just enough casual I, buyers who just don't even understand what code is? I think in the past two years, um, buyers have gotten a lot smarter. Everybody wants to test drive now and it's showing, I think in the delivery numbers. Um, but you got to realize, I mean, think about, okay, you're Gary Stern. You've got, I don't know how big that facility is, but he's in Cook County, Illinois, which is the highest taxed uh, county in the United States. I know because I've, I, 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 my business is there as well. Um, so you've got an army of people. I don't know how many people he's, he employs. He's it's got 400, be I think. 400 people, okay? And I, I say this whenever I send you the, the, the notes. 50 pinballs a day or the lights go off. 50 games a day or the lights go off, period. He's got to do that, and they've got to be profitable. So you've got the whole Trudeau thing, which was a friggin' nightmare. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, you're, you're, 
you know, you're this business owner, you've got 400 people whose families are depending on you. Um, plus, you know, you've got your ego, you've got to keep that going. So you've got to put something out. It's done. The artwork's done. The mechanicals are done. Uh, the code's kind of done. Let's get it out. And of course, I, I think, and it's changing drastically now. Um, and you're seeing it more with the with the uh, smaller boutique guys like Spooky and American, where people aren't they want it. They want to smell the cork before they you know before they're buying it. Um, but people will buy. I mean, a year ago, Ghostbusters, good good lord, that thing was sold out before it was even announced. As was Batman. You know? As was Batman, as was Gar Game of Thrones. I mean, it was it was a different time where because there were so few pinballs out there. So now all of a sudden, guys looking at his his row in his basement, and it's like, well, I've got sixteen pins, and I don't like three of them, but I bought them right away because I wanted to impress my pinball friends that only come by once every three months <laughs> that my wife doesn't like. Um, so you know, maybe I should make sure I like this one, and maybe my wife and my kids enjoy it as well. Um, so they're going to hang on a little bit, but. He's got to put out 50 a day. He has to. I mean, that's right. he, it's so he had to do it. And it's a terrible it's it's too bad that it happened. But, uh, you know, hey, guess what, guys? You bought them. Um, I wouldn't I, I, I still I cannot believe that people are buying anything without testing. I mean, I, the, and I'm sorry. I mean, that lamp that you had in your house for a year. God bless you. I don't know how you could have done that. That was insane. Dropping oh, that kind of money magic on that. <laughs> yeah, magic lamp. Yeah. So, you know, well, I mean, hey, man, it's a cool-looking game and everything, but I got all sorts of cool-looking right. stuff. Well, and, look, and I mean... Before you go... Yeah. Well, well, it's like this. It's like with Magic Girl, same thing happened with, like, Batman. It's like you, you have the fear of missing out is the only thing driving people to be idiotic with their money when it comes See, to those scenarios. And the thing is, Batman is the one that I would say... Cause, cause guardians, you could say, okay, you know, the Trudeau thing, they got screwed and it, and they, he basically was like, hit the red button. Shit. What are we going to do? We can't put this thing out with this freaking, you know, we got to do something quick. Okay. But Batman was pre like a premeditated, you know, that was premeditated. He knew he was putting that out for the anniversary. That was his big deal. And he, I mean, you couldn't, yeah, he you knew couldn't Lyman, buy one of those. He knew, oh, he also knew like Lyman. Barely started to code. Yeah. Um, you know, it was he knew Adam West was going to be at Expos. You know, it was it was yeah. a cake with no no inside. It was a cake with no cake. It wasn't even frosting. It was like yeah. here's a bag of flour and some eggs, and, and and you got your own. You better have your own water. Now it Batman's was, an interesting yeah, was, one because it was a beautiful looking box though. Batman's <laughs> interesting because I, I people you know some other podcasts out there make fun of me for my flip-flop on Batman and I did flip-flop on Batman. I don't I don't deny it. I th I thought Batman was the biggest pile of shit for a year and now I think it's one of Stern's best pins because of Lyman Sheets. And if you play it, I played the heck out of it. I, it's, it's got I mean Lyman <laughs> is just he knows how to make a game sing better than anybody out there in the coding world. And it's funny that that's 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 how far it's really it's it's gotten to the code. I mean, it's really so code um, based. It's not, you know, which which, yeah, it's it's I I I, I got to tell you, I'm not a huge fan of Batman sixty six. No, I, I, no, I want to hear because I, I also lineup, I do I agree. Jump on the other two. I, I do agree that Batman sixty six 
code makes up for a lack of sort of magic in terms of what's happening on the play field. I but the play field's beautiful. And to look at that, like my time fun, machine, I can look at that and it makes me happy. And right. I look at Batman and it makes you happy. And like you said, it pulls you back to when you were a kid and your mom called in sick and you got to sit on the couch and you got to watch Batman. I mean, you're about you're you're in your you're roughly in your forties about. So you're I think we're about in the same age group, I think. Um but you know, basically yeah, I was like mom called in sick, you get to watch that, courtship of Eddie's father, little price is right. You know, you got to sit and watch TV and that Batman was like part of the cool or in the summer you'd watch it, but it brings you back to that, and it is true Batman. There's no bullshit. Like you said, it's Adam West doing call-outs. It's Kapow and, and, and Cesar Romero, and it is it is beautiful. The play right. on it I is not, you know, when you get into the play, it's, it's you know, for me, it's it's, it's okay. It's clunky. I mean, I like yeah. I, I think I've been very, you know, I've been very honest. I, I Nowhere, if you go back a, a, across all of my podcasts, have I ever said that Batman has great flow? It doesn't. It's clunky. Right. Um, it's got some the the that rotating mechanism is a ticking time bomb. If you if you ask me, I think there's a lot of things that just I would hate for one little thing to go wrong on that. And good luck, like trying to 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 keep the game functioning. Right now, yeah. everything is working great, and I, I agree. Like the artwork that Franchi put on that game is phenomenal. The SLE way overpriced, um, but I have one it's pin. It's pretty. It's pretty. The metallic, <laughs> shiny, foily decals are amazing. If I'm going to put that, one pinball machine in my apartment that casual people can jump on and enjoy, but also has depth that keeps you wanting to go back and play it and play it and play it, I don't think there's many other pins that would be in that would fill that criteria right now in in the, in the pinball world. I had the other one. Lord of the Rings was a great pinball machine that did that. Um, I had Tales of the Arabian Nights, which looked beautiful. You, you finally Not, sold that, didn't you? I sold it. It just didn't have the depth if you only have one pin. I mean, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did you did finally get rid of that one? Because I know I you're got, selling it. For I did. I sold it for um, 9500 which I think that's was a nice. fair price. I had a lot of money in that game. Yeah, and it's it was tight. And then that's the thing. I mean, that's... It's it, it, to get a game like that that's tight, yeah. And, and people don't they forget, Dave, like the the brass coin door is five hundred bucks alone. The everybody forget media. everybody when they want to buy a game forgets what things are worth until they want to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a thousand dollars in mods in Batman alone easily. I know. Easily. I watched. I I saw your. I, I've seen your posts. It's it adds it, up. You know, yeah, real here, quick. Two hundred dollars here, you know. And you're not doing that. And plus, I mean, did you have to pay for? Uh, did you did you have to pay for that help, or, or did, was he doing that stuff for free when he was putting them in? So luckily, when I was doing <laughs> for, ba for Batman, I, I I did the Playfield Protector, which was the biggest sort of time-consuming yeah. thing. Uh, I really wish Stern would offer that from the factory. You know, knowing that their Playfields are prone to dimpling. They would save themselves a lot of headache by just making it an option. And but Chris from Cointaker and I, we spent an entire day, like maybe six hours or more, with Chris from Cointaker, who knows what he he's knows what doing. he's doing, and he has tools <laughs> that I don't have. So I'll say this: I'll say yeah. this: putting a playfield protector in is is not for the meek. It is not easy. It is not something I would ever want to do on my own without a, a pinball tech next to me yeah pinball tech yeah 
Yeah. Because you're going to fuck something up. You're going to fuck. Oh, you're going to. Yeah. And you're not just going to fuck something. You're going to fuck. It would be like you trying to put in like a new hood scoop on your on your demon. I mean, it's like. Yeah. Well, there, you there better was a know point, what you're doing. There was a point. I remember there was a point specifically when when we had to raise the ramps up. You know, there's that metal flap in front of each of the Catwoman ramps, and we had to raise up the ramp to get the playfield protector to be just underneath that. And man, one of the ramps just wouldn't wouldn't freaking budge. I mean, uh-huh. he's got to get a hammer out there and like mallet it up, and it's just like it's plastic. Uh, I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, and also like when you when you tear down a playfield, this is the other thing that the reason why it takes so long is you have to take pictures, you have to label stuff, you have to put stuff together, and even when you do all that, you finish the job and there's like a few screws on the table and you're like shit. Yep. Where do those go? Pictures, <laughs> um, videos, and and that's the thing. And that that game, it's not like you can just find somebody across town that has well, that. You know game. what's I mean, you know what saved us multiple times throughout the day. So we're putting the, we're putting the playfield back together, and we reached points where we're like, which way did that go? He had another Batman sixty six because he's Chris from Coin Taker, and he has a whole lineup of every new Stern. Yeah. So we were able to walk ten feet over and look. At how it should be, but all right. So you were doing it at his place. You weren't his, doing it so, at your place. Yeah. So so I uh, wisely decided when I bought very, Batman sixty six to drive to him with all the parts and all the mods and do it there, and then have Fast Eddie, my delivery guy, pick up the game from Coin Taker a few weeks later and bring it to me. I didn't even I didn't even drive home with the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I left it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't even I don't you don't have I, anything to drive it home in anyhow. Exactly. What what am I gonna do? Like <laughs> like tie a rope around it and like yeah. What are you gonna are you gonna rent a are you gonna rent one of those pickups from I don't know if you guys have like Home Depots or up there, but you can like rent a pickup for twenty five bucks for like an hour. Oh, I'd love okay. to see that Batman you know SLE on the back. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen some pretty actually I've sold some pinballs to guys that show up and I'm like you're putting I had a guy buy a Frankenstein from me. It was like three grand, and he pulled up in this truck, and I was like, "This pinball machine's worth more than your truck. What are you doing? Like, what right. are you doing with your life?" I'm like, is this? Just, I'm like, you're just using this to pick up? No, this is my daily. I'm like, dude, why are you buying this pinball machine? Well, you God see it a you. lot, Dave, on on pin side. I mean, when guys have to go have a surgery to save their life, and they need to sell the pinball machine to pay for it. Do you think a lot of people? in this hobby just go too far and it becomes too much of a priority for them to own these machines when other areas of their life are, are not appropriately invested in or they don't have the right savings and yet pinball becomes all they care about. Uh, there's definitely an addiction side of it. Um, I think some guys go a little overboard, but the other nice, the comforting thing about pinball and you shouldn't look at it this way, but for me, you know, I, I, I don't have any, you know, I, I don't have a Dodge Demon. I don't have, uh, you know, my cars are, I, I drive a Volvo. I've got a, a Chevy Avalanche truck. My wife drives a Honda Odyssey. Um, you know, these are kind of my, these are my fun for me. I, I'm a, I've got a much healthier attitude. Some guys. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of guys have these pins and they have them back of their head. Hey, I could sell this pin. Now, how long did it take you to sell that, 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 that totem? It, it took um, it took a while. Longer than Part, you thought, yeah. Well, longer than I thought. Partly because I was banned from. I'm banned, so I, I really right, couldn't yeah, so. list it on Pinside. 
I'll say this though, for Toten, for I mean, Magic Girl was the one I was most concerned about selling. I'm like, who the, f who's gonna want to buy Magic Girl? I don't know. <laughs> Um, luckily for me, and I, I thank my, my lucky stars, my guardian angel, I was able to sell it before Deep Root surfaced and said they're going to make more Magic Girls. Uh, my poor friend Robert, who's trying to sell his Magic Girl right now, if you go on Pinside on, on eBay, he's got his listed for twenty two five, and it's like, I don't know how you even like attract a single buyer now with Deep Root and, and their efforts hanging over uh, a magic girl because if you buy it secondhand you don't get any of the deep root sort of a claim to get one of theirs so you're kind of you gonna... stuck so all right and uh, I, I so deep root are, are do are you ready to shift gears into this yeah, hole like, are you, are you, okay yeah. so deep root deep root they're 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 gonna do a magic girl and it's gonna be something similar to what they've got um They've got the art is going to be the same art, or is it going to be different? What what exact? Where are they at now? Because I've I I yeah, don't they've follow. Reached, it as they've reached as an as agreement you. with um with Jeremy Packer, uh, Zombietti. So okay. it will most likely be uh, his art package. There may have to be some changes to the artwork um, if they do playfield changes because the stuff has to sync up. Um, but all that can be that all can be done. Though. <laughs> it has to be a functioning pinball machine. Yeah, I, I think. I think they're probably tackling it from the engineering standpoint first. Uh, the art should be the last thing that gets dropped down on the game. Sure. Yeah. So I look. Yeah. I mean, Deep Root. I mean, I've I've gone back and forth, and yeah, I, I've sort I of settled in the middle now. Of I'm curious to see what comes of the effort. Uh, I've always said I think out of all the new pinball ventures. From a marketing standpoint, John Papaduke is the only one who really understood the the real white space in the hobby uh, is small boutique games that cater to the rich will sell if you execute properly. Um, nobody's executed it properly. He, here's here's what you he got. sold out, and, Dave, without even a game. Uh, he's uh, listen. I, I worked for a company that went bankrupt and left companies hanging with like tens of millions of dollars. And I have no idea how my old boss even sleeps at night. So I don't know how he sleeps at night there. Uh, however he does it. That's yeah. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand how people can do how, how you can, if I'm late on my, on my, on my, you know, I'll get a call from like my, from, from direct TV because my credit card had changed over. And I freak out, you know, like, hey, your, your payment didn't go through. What? You know, so I don't even understand how somebody can walk around owing people thousands, hundreds of th whatever he owes. But um, what, oh, um, what 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 I don't uh, what I'm what, what I don't get is is how they're going to do it. <laughs> right. How well, are they going to pull it off? Well, look, I mean, that's the big question mark. Right. And, and you know, sort of instead of. I've again, I've like sort of taken a new approach instead of just saying they're not going to do it. I, I'm like, well, I hope they do it. You know, I hope they pull it off because I but, do want to see John's customers made whole. I, I think out of all the chances he's had, right, of of making J-Pop's Zidware customers whole and writing the ship, 
this is the best shot John's ever going to have. Because people forget. Like, Zidware was literally just John in a room, like, tinkering with no help. And that's why nothing ever happened in six years. Then you bring on Pintasia, which was, like, a really just, like, blip on the radar. Sort of, let's try to see if John was telling the truth. Like, and then they realized he wasn't and the game wasn't anywhere near being done. And they were like, we're out of here. Then you had American pinball. But now were they taking more people's money or were they just. At that point, no, at that point, at, at that point, all the money that had been taken had been took. Um, people foolishly gave money on retro atomic zombie Adventureland, and even gave money on Alice in Wonderland on nothing more than art packages alone. Okay. So he was just like, here, I present you Alice in Wonderland. And another yep. and people, 50 pe people said, here, take my money. Yep. People gave deposits wow. on them. Now, um, we all know what happened, that all that the, – the games two and three were simply meant to buy him time to finish game number one. The real tragedy in this is American Pinball when, when we think about, like, who really like, – you know, because individuals got burned. Some of them lost maybe – 30 grand at most but Davo at American Pinball lost like probably a few hundred thousand dollars because he believed that John could finish this on his own and Davo and the guys over at American Pinball because it was I don't even know who was there like with Davo at that point it wasn't it wasn't Josh Kugler then there was no Joe Balsa remember this was John Swindle Davo into like spending over a year at American Pinball delivering what ultimately became the thing that was in my living room, which was a, a broken blinking box of lights. Now, oh, Ro Robert Mueller has at least assembled a team of engineers, of software people, of old pinball designers uh, to sit and figure it out. So I think out of all the ventures, you've got to look at them all and say, look, at, at you know, this is the best shot. Now, yeah. I still think unraveling the mystery of Magic Girl is going to be interesting because <laughs> the magic are... of you got to do jazz hands when you say that the ma well, you're like Doug Henning like, the magic of there's magic. targets mystery. Dave there's a target this to me this is this is like the one thing that just shows that John kind of just was in living in like upside down world there's a target by the left orbit that's right underneath the ramp. And there's no way for a ball to physically even hit that target. But it's there. You can hit it with your finger and it registers and it makes and, <laughs> but it doesn't it's an impossible it shot. Right. Um and so look, I I know they're working on it. I know Robert has has come out and made some some bold statements about you know, their their ambitions. And now it's a, a wait and see. I, I I've gone on the record to say if he if they figure it out I want Magic Girl number one that works because I've always wanted a working Magic Girl. Yeah, but yeah. so so Dave, it's... let me ask you though. You don't do you think that there is there are there 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 are a lot of very wealthy people in this hobby as there should be. I you know you shouldn't be buying non-essential toys for like eight to ten grand unless you're rich. I mean that's you shouldn't be for a fifth. I mean fifteen. Think about it, like. Eh, that Black Knight's two grand. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, my regular, my Black Knight 2000s, two grand. Regular Black Knight, 
goes any that runs around two. I mean, it's yeah, you're buying a toy for fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, and it's not. It's 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 a toy Dude, that's sitting buying, in your basement. Buying a Stern LE today is like walking into Best Buy, picking up an, a PlayStation or an Xbox, and buying every single game that goes with that console and stacking it up on the register and being like, ring me up. I mean, that's what $9,000 yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got to look at it like this. I, I, and and I, 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 this was the point, too. Pinball right now, and, and, and I, I know uh, there was a guy that had sent a letter uh, to you before that you had read that pinball right now is very similar to uh, how Harley was, like right after Terminator 2. Um, you know, with the fat boys and, and like, you couldn't get a Harley. Like if you, as soon as the Harleys opened up, boom, you, you mean you were on a waiting list and a guy would buy a Harley and flip it and make five grand. And, you know, if you could get a fat, if you get your hand on like a, a, you know, a 95 fat boy back in the day, that was like the shit. And then all of a sudden all these custom bike guys came out and started making these, you know, so they were kind of your boutique motorcycle guys. I actually right. had one. I had a California motorcycle company uh it was a it was a soft tail it was basically an exact copy of a harley um with, with a you know an aftermarket motor and it was fast and it was awesome but it, you could because you couldn't get a harley and that's kind of where these boutique guys came in because it was like I, the the take my money thing now is kind of run out because before stern just kind of got going and then they put out some stuff and people were piling up and you still really couldn't get any decent williams and now i think people are looking in their basements and it's like i got 10 pinball machines right you know it's i think it's getting back to that but but here's the thing that's still again this is the marketer in me looking at this this hobby and i'm a and i'm a a salesman with a marketing uh hobby right what's (laughs) missing right now is i don't care like rich guys who collect anything they want to have something that not everybody else has and they want that badly in the world of pinball and nobody is satiating that collector and that mentality because let's look at batman sle cool i've got batman sle there's only 80 of them there's really what i'm saying to the world is uh, and literally only- you got one you 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 were like i think i want to get one and you got one well here and well, well it's that, not like there's, there's that there's hard to that. get at the moment it's also like but hey i have one of 80 sticker sets I don't have an 80, one of 80 experiences because you can get the same exact experience for $7,000 less and, there, and there's no limit on the premiums of Batman. Now, what I'm saying is, is needed in this hobby and just for the collectors, this is not for everybody. So, so Hilton, cover your ears. There's rich people out there. Um, I, I think that someone who makes, imagine this, imagine if Stern said, we're only gonna make 100 Jaws pinball machines and they're twenty thousand dollars each. They sell out like that, like that. Yeah, but okay. But, but yeah, Jaws but pinball, you could because okay. So they're gonna sell them for twenty thousand. They're gonna sell a hundred for twenty thousand each. That's two million bucks. Okay, but how many Jaws pros do you think they'd be able to sell? Do you think they'd be able to make more than that with just Jaws pros? Because Jaws, I wouldn't do it. I, yeah, that, I get that, they would. I get they would. And plus, keep in mind, you got to put out fifty a day. Yeah, I'm but, sure but, twenty thousand a pop. But that's why it has to come from a boutique. Playfield's got a dimple. But that's but that's why it has to come from a boutique, Dave. Because like sure. Ferrari doesn't look at how many Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas sell and say, well, maybe we should really enter that market because there's Ford more GT. money there. Ford GT. 
Yeah. But what I'm saying is like Stern. I mean, there's only like a hundred. I mean, those are that. That's that. You know, uh, look, a four GT or Stern was you know. really on to something with SLEs. What they failed to do though is a as a four GT is not built like a Ford Mustang. It's not. Oh. It's, it's built like a specialty car. Now Stern like Stern put lipstick on a pig, if you will, with Batman SLE. I mean, look, it's. What, you know, look, the build quality's gone down. The materials have gone down. The quality's gone down. And yet the stickers are better, you know, better. That's it. They, it looked better, but it wasn't any better, in fact. In fact, Sterns from a few years ago were built better than these modern Sterns. And so, like, I think that's what's missing from this hobby is if I pay 15 grand. You know, if you, if that was the one thing about Magic Girl, when you stood over it, I mean, it looked like a sixteen thousand dollar special freaking thing, and in the and the materials in it were phenomenal. It was built like a tank. It's just, you know, the tank didn't work, so right. wasn't much to do. So, where do you see David? I know we're we're coming up a little bit on the hour, so a few more minutes. What? How do you think two thousand eight is going to be? Do you think there's too many games in the marketplace? Do you think all these companies can survive? I and mean, we we haven't even touched on some of the other ones like Dutch and Highway, but. Do you think there's just going to be a thinning of the field or is there enough out there in terms of demand to keep all these companies going? The demand seems to be there just from reading and, 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 and talking to people and seeing, um, you know, on the forums and on Facebook and, and on Pinside and, and just looking at what people want to do and what's my next new inbox going to be. That question still comes up. So, I think it's going to narrow out for Stern, and, and, and you know, it's funny. You're, you're, you talked about your, your your Magic Girl and how solid that was, and that was built by American. That Houdini, man, you grab that thing, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. It's kind of like when you slam the door on the Mercedes, you know, it's got that crisp slam. You slam the door on the Ford, and it sounds like the door, you know, the, the, one of the handles is going to fall off. Right. Um, you know, when, when, when I'm playing Star Wars at 257, I'm throwing that thing all over the place. I mean, it's so light. Um, Houdini is is heavy, and it, it's you know, I, I think it's it's really it, it's 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 a great time to be a pinball um, to be into pinball. I mean, right now, I think we're going to have a good five years of some really cool stuff, and then I think um, somebody. I mean, there's going to be a few guys that are going to die off. I don't think Dutch is. Uh, you know, let's see what Dutch does, and then you got you got Pinball Circus. They're like in somebody's garage. It looked like. I mean, I mean, I how, hope they, how they pull it off. But, was that photo of them? Oh my god! I mean, I could take a picture of me. Like, I mean, hey, I hope they make it, and I hope they do well. And and honestly, I've never played the the, the Pinball Circus game, and it looks really cool, but. I don't really give a shit. I mean, and that might be one of those those high end pins. That's that boutique that you were talking about that somebody's willing to pay twenty thousand for. Awesome. There's only two on the planet, but now yeah. you know they want to do Big Bang Bar. How good really was Big Bang? Have you ever played Big Bang? It's Big not Bang Bar. That good. It's just it, I've it's, never played it. It's famous because <laughs> it's well, it's it's because there's five of them or ten of them or yeah, whatever. It's famous because it was rare. It's also famous because the I mean the artwork is beautiful and it's an adult theme, which was rare for pinball machines. Sure. Um, but like I've said, like I'm always torn about remakes because I think if you if you remake too many, 
of the older games that are famous for being rare and sought after, you ruin some of the specialness of a collector hobby because then everything is just readily available to everybody. Everything is just, it's the same Harley, whether it was from here to there. And, yeah, you know, I mean, I, like, like, eh. there, I, I think that, I think that competition's a really good thing because I think if anything, if Gary Stern needs to make 50 games a day and other people are taking away their sales because the quality and the innovation is happening elsewhere, it will for- force Stern Pinball to up its game. Right yes. now, nobody's really making them feel any dent in their market share. Uh, I think with Chicago Gaming and Monster Bash and ah. Jersey Jack. I mean, they're going to feel it. They're going to feel it. There's no but, way the collectors are going to keep running to Stern every time. But if you look at Chicago game and Chicago gaming, I've, I've got friends that have those, you know, they've got the medieval madness. They've got the attack from Mars. They're going to buy the monster bash. I, I'm got to throw this out. I hate monster bash. I don't like the game. I don't like, uh, I, I, I don't like it. I just, it's, it's, I, I have a problem with the, the that whole that whole time in our lives that was like the mid '90s when everybody retroed back to the '50s. Right. Uh, that corny. It's just really corny and, and creature. Really corny. But American or, or Chicago pinball, uh, Chicago, the, the, the remake guys, they uh, what were, their business model is remaking pins. Well, what what's the next pin that's going to be worth? What what is one of those going for? Eight grand. Yeah, they're they're the LEs are around eight thousand dollars for Attack okay. from Mars remake. And and why would you buy? Okay, and and why would you buy anything but the Attack from Mars remake? Because that topper is freaking beautiful. Well, if you're you reading know? the threads, though, man, I mean, I know, and I, I know a guy. And oh, plastics Lord, and are the, the wrong colors color. aren't right, and the coils are gonna burst into flame. Hey, man, it's called growing pains, and everybody, and you did it as well. Said, oh. This remake, oh, the remake's going to be way better. You know what? That Attack from Mars that's been sitting around since the 90s, never, you know, it's solid, and it hasn't burst into flames. And I would still, I hope to God someday they make a Scared Stiff remake so that Scared Stiff gets down a little lower so I can buy one. Right. I want to buy an original Scared Stiff. Um, I know, uh, I can't remember who else was on there that's a big Scared Stiff fan. I, here, uh, I just show, think but. there's so, I, I'm... I'm so much more excited for what's to come than remaking what has That's had the its thing. time already. Yeah, it's just like that business model is well, we're going to remake old stuff. Well, what is your new like? What's going to be their new title? Are they well, going to? Are they just going to remake stuff? I mean, because so they the are going to remake like, stuff. The but money now, now. they're making they're, money. They're doing. They said Theater of Magic. They said um, Big Bang Bar. They Great. said Cactus Canyon. But they also said they're going to make an original title. Where is two. it? That's I what I want to see because you're gonna—they're gonna run out of remakes. Yeah, it's look. I don't think this marketplace can survive like past five years. I mean, the economies. The look, it, it'll pinball's not going to go away, but you're not going to have ten pinball manufacturers five years. Five years, years and it's going to turn back into Harley. And right now, Harley's Harley's coming out with an electric motorcycle to try to keep up with some kind of market that's not there. No, so know. yeah, five more clients. years, and it's gonna be yeah, yeah. There's a Harley electric motorcycle. Who in God's name? It's just nuts. But yeah, I mean, the Harley market, it, it was like that. Everybody, I well, mean, there was those because, big fat like tires. they're looking, they're looking at the world and saying, you know, every little millennial fucker is in love with Tesla. You be, I, I am always surprised when I put up like, if you could have any sports car, which would you have? If you put that up on social media now. 
there are mm -hmm. I, there are more half the people would want a, a Tesla over a Dodge Demon, and it's not just because of the speed. I mean, it's like you know they love, and I get it. Like Elon Musk is a is a futurist. He's the, man, I'll tell you what, that guy. He, he needs to get in a pinball. <laughs> well, I mean, he'd he'd make he, he it would be he, awesome. He, well. I mean, if anyone is like the musk of pinball, it's like it's like deep root. I mean, the guys are like, you know, talk like talking about the boldest things imaginable. I mean, but the thing about Musk is like he's never made any money. Like, right. I, one well, of clients... you know what, though? He's got that government deal for one point five. Did you see those two booster rockets land? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, the end. Although but it was I'm, also I, like, I come the on, they now. cut away when the third one crashed. Come on. Well, guys. yeah. Yeah, I know. That they were, and like, it was. Oh, the waves were splashing over the bullshit. thing. It was like, uh, oh, bullshit. well. Well, you don't want to talk about the bad stuff. So let's but just it, celebrate it those two. It was happening live. And I, just I like, was oh, watching it. We were at my office. You got to realize, man, I sell manufacturing equipment. Space is a big part of my business. So, right. yeah, we were we were literally watching that launch on the big screen at my office. Um, so it was a big like, deal. As that was happening – there were probably like a thousand people on Pinside arguing about dumb stuff missing that his arguing moment. about the soundtrack on 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 Jersey Jack uh, Pirates. <laughs> you know, well, Dave, are you going to TPF? <laughs> Do you travel for yes. shows or? Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm going this year. I I I stayed out of it for a long time, and uh, I had that neck surgery, and I've really. Uh, I can't do as much. I, I I used to do a lot more outdoor stuff, and I've kind of had to shift gears. So I'm I'm I'm. Uh, I'm kind of uh, gripping onto the pinball side a lot more, and yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Texas. I'm going to be there on uh, Friday afternoon, and then I'm leaving Sunday. So I All will right. be. So out. we're on the same schedule. So I will I will see you out there. You know, you I may even I may even let you wear because I just completed it. The <laughs> it Hilton hoodie. Big. The Hilton hoodie's done. Big. It better be big. It's uh, <laughs> we'll make multiple <laughs> sizes. Um, I will actually give get up in the four XL size, and I'll 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 uh, I'll be on it for you. For I'll, those I'll... of you who listen to this podcast, I'm gonna make the next two podcasts the um the images of the Hilton hoodie. So one podcast image will be the front of the Hilton hoodie, and the next podcast after will be the back of it because there's it's. You, you you can't make something as magical as this in the pinball world and not cover both sides of a, of a hoodie. Um, I would put the images on pin side, but we know I can. Hey, can't get off. And Robin so now, would like he'd ban anybody who would upload the Hilton hoodie images. I think. Yeah, I don't even now. Am I not going to be allowed in the party? Because I was going to go to the party. On, with, on the Friday. party's at three. I'm I'm going to arrive a little bit later. Yeah, I'm going to be I there always, too. I always go to it, and it's kind of like I don't know. It's all right. It's it's everyone's cool. Like it's kind of it's always a little like disappointing because on pin side everyone's so animated and like you know there's actually like it's like a telephone tough guy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah and then I you see it. all these people in person, and you're like, this motherfucker was talking all that <laughs> shit, and it's like you know, yeah. this guy, you know, guy, guy using like a walker with like you know needing oxygen at age like 45. It's like what's going on? Um, anyway, Dave, I will see you out there. Thank you for taking the time to talk pinball and. 
Let's get you back on the show recurring. It's good to get like a little bit of a, like this is like your origin story. I think you know what you're talking about. You passed the initial test of. I, I passed guests. the beer test. That's, that's what we call it when I'm, when I'm with a customer or if I'm interviewing a, a let's get potential your, let's employee. Get, it's the beer test. We had a let's beer. Get, let's get your friend Bob on too. We can do a, a, a threesome and talk pinball. It sounds like <laughs> he knows what he's talking Bob's about. Gonna be in, Bob's going to be in Texas. Um, you will you will know us when you see us. Bob's about six four, and I think he's a sandwich shy about four hundred pounds. So right. good because I yeah. need I need all the security I can get when I walk around <laughs> these shows. <laughs> it's all pinball, man. It's all good. All right. Well, Dave, thank you, man, and have a great night. Good night. All right, man.